Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Airway First, a podcast from the Children's Airway First Foundation. I'm your host, Rebecca St. James. My guest today is Dr. Brock Rondeau, a general dentist who has dedicated his practice to providing orthodontic, orthopedic, snoring and sleep apnea, and TMJ services for his dental patients in London, Ontario, Canada. Dr. Rondeau treats many patients with orthodontic snoring and sleep apnea and TMJ problems. Through his work, many of his patients are delighted when they're able to find a solution to their headaches, earaches, neck aches, dizziness, fainting, pain behind the eyes, difficulty swallowing, clicking, and jaw locking issues. Dr. Rondeau works closely with other healthcare providers to try and resolve these problems for his patients. He believes that in most cases, when several practitioners are working together, the results are always better for the patient. He has personally trained more than 24,000 dentists over the course of his career. He is also the seminar creator and author of Early Orthodontics Treatment for Children. You can find out more about Dr. Rondeau at ortho-tmj.com. And now, let's jump into my interview with today's guest, Dr. Brock Rondeau. Okay, great. Thanks for being on the show, Dr. Rondo. I'm really excited to have you. I'm delighted to be with you too, Rebecca. I love doing these podcasts. I love educating the public and also the dentists about what is possible and what I think they should be doing for their younger patients as well as their older patients. So anxious to get started. Yeah, yeah. And thank you. Yeah. And while you're pulling up the presentation, I'm just going to let our listeners know that you are actually referred to us and mentioned by name during an episode with Linda Harris. And I'll make sure I link that episode in our show notes for people that want to check that out. So Rebecca, again, thank you for inviting me to, to uh, be on the program and show you a podcast. I, I'm very anxious to share my knowledge with uh, mothers and fathers and children and dentists. And of course, the presentation is Airway Focus Early Orthodontic Treatment for Children. I think Dentists have to start treating the children early because many orthodontists are not doing it. It's not part of the program of most orthodontic programs, and it's not taught in dental school. And when you say early, how early are you talking? Age five. Well, I suppose we do tongue ties at birth. (laughs) So that would be, if you notice a tongue tie, but we don't normally see infants. The infants are usually seen by the pediatricians, but but again, the earlier, the better do the tongue ties. But the earliest I started treatment is usually around five years old. If I've got a okay. patient that's fairly cooperative, I can help them with, I usually put a fixed appliance in there rather than removal, though, if they're five years old. Got it. It's a huge demand. Like in your practice, all these dentists have children, 75% of them have a malocclusion and they need help. So there I get started five. So, and use functional appliances. I'm going to show you some of the functional appliances tonight. So okay. a lot of people have never seen them before. So the first thing I tell anyone that takes my course, and I've been teaching orthodontic course for 35 years, is when you have a constricted palate, that the key to health, in my opinion, is to develop the upper arch to normal. And the photo below, it's wide and normal without surgery. Just put a little appliance in there and notice how the palate drops. See that in the upper picture, the palate's not, the lower Mm -hmm. picture drop. So you're opening the nasal airway, you're opening it horizontally, and you're opening it vertically. 
and that converted many nasal breathers to mouth breathers. And of course, a number of your lectures have talked about the importance of nasal breathing over mouth breathing. Right. So functional appliance is the way we do it. So if you have crooked teeth, it's usually because you got a narrow arch. And you usually got a narrow arch because you're mouth breathing. So you got to fix the cause of the problem, which is the mouth breathing. Try to get them to be nasal breathing. But the way to fix that is to develop the upper arch, expand the upper arch, and you'd open up the change it from mouth breathing to nasal breathing. So when a patient comes to most dentists and they see crooked teeth, they think extractions. But right. someone who's been trained functionally say, no, no, use an appliance, make room for all the teeth, and you don't have to extract. In North America, I found a lot of the orthodontists do fix braces and clear liners and permanent dentition. I disagree with that completely. I want to treat early. So what are the detrimental effects of airwave shock? We're going to be talking about this all night. But here are the three ways I think everybody should be thinking about expanding the airway. And I think dentists have a huge role to play here because we're the only ones that can put appliances in and really affect the airway. Except if they're large tonsils, maybe they get the tonsils out. But as far as the arch is concerned, and the bite is concerned, we're the only ones that can do it. So the first thing, I'm going to show you a couple of arch development cases. Then if the lower jaw is back, which it is in most class two cases, normally the mandible is correct, the lower jaw is back, we have to bring it forward with the functional appliance to normal. And I like to do that in mixed dentition. So when all the permanent teeth are up, you're only dealing with crooked teeth and, and minor crooked teeth. The other thing that most people don't understand is increasing the vertical dimension. If you, if you have a deep overbite patient, most of them have deep overbites and they have TMJ problems and they also have airway problems. And the way most orthodontists and most Invisalign people do is they intrude the incisors. And I'll show you a case where that's not what you have to do. You have to extrude the posterior teeth, which most orthodontists and dentists are not taught in dental school. Let's show you my first case. Joshua, six years right. old. So there he is. My... Key is, do you have enough room for the upper four permanent teeth, upper four permanent incisors? The central incisors are the middle ones, and then the lateral incisors beside those. If there's enough room for those, then we don't expand. If there's no room for those, you have to expand. Look at the lower. You got two permanent incisors crossed over, and the lateral incisor are baby teeth on either side. So there's no way there's room for those upper and lower front teeth. So we have to expand upper and lower. And this is a trick I taught Linda. She goes around now with all cotton rolls, measuring everybody's palate. The cotton roll, standard cotton roll in the dental office is 37 millimeters. You want to okay. make sure everybody's at least 37 millimeters. So put that up there. If it fits nicely between the molars like that, you don't have to expand. But over here, you do. Picture on the left. If you don't expand, then those, those side teeth or lateral incisors come in on the palate. So why would you wait till that happens? Why wouldn't you expand and avoid that? Doesn't make sense to me. Doesn't make sense to me why everyone's not trained in dental school how to do this. And the ortho programs should all be teaching this in graduate school. So there's a little appliance. It's called a Schwartz appliance. It announces 935. And it's just a little appliance with a screw in the middle and some glass on the side to hold it in. And you just turn that screw twice a week. The patient takes it out, turns the screw twice a week, puts it back in. They can get all kinds of different colors in these functional appliances from the labs. You have to deal with a lab that makes functional appliances. 
And if you go on my website, you'll see lots of labs that we work with across the country, in, in Canada, the US. There's the lower one, really small. Again, you can see the key on the right-hand side with the arrow, and you turn it towards the arrow and take it out. So just turn it all the way, take it out, do that twice a week. And pretty soon you'll have room for the teeth. You can see on the lower now, we got lots of room. And in fact, the two lower teeth that were crooked have almost straightened out because we've been expanding the upper and lower painlessly, adjusting it twice a week, really easy. And you can see there's no plastic between the teeth. It's really easy for me to eat and chew and everything else. How long did uh, that take? About five months. Wow, okay. You get about, you actually get about two millimeters a month, but sometimes they forget to turn it. So anyway. <laughs> okay. And see, when you got a constricted large like that, we have no room for the tongue on the palate. Right, and that's our big problem. So there, we expanded seven millimeters. So that'd be about maybe four or five months. And it's painless. I mean, and they can do it very easily. Just take it out, turn it, put it back in. Anybody can do this. And any dentist can be trained to do this. And any staff member can do this. So you can see now, look at the arch. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, we were 26. Wow. We developed at seven millimeters. And now we have a beautiful arch. And look, he never came back for treatment. So by making room for all the teeth, maybe all his permanent teeth came in perfectly. He never needed treatment. So that's a tremendous cough saving to the mother. Instead yeah, of paying wow. 7,500 for braces, she probably paid me 2,500 and, and was over in seven months. No problem. I mean, it's just so easy. And the kids are very cooperative. If they're not, we put a fixed appliance in. I'll show you the next case. I used a fixed appliance. And there's the lower. Look at the difference in the size of the arches. You'll see in a minute. So we found that if you look at the tongue, it's kind of covering over the back teeth a little bit on the left-hand diagram. Mm -hmm. And then when we expand, there's room for the tongue in the lower. See, the tongue is, this, and usually it comes farther forward than that. It's just, right. it makes a huge difference when you make room for the tongue, it can come to its proper position. Well, usually it should sit on the roof of the mouth. Right. But I mean, what a beautiful arch. Look at the difference in the arches. Now, who do you think is going to speak better? The guy on the right. Right. Who's going to have who's going to have less crowding? The guy on the right. Who may not need any extractions? The guy on the right after the expansion. And we just expanded seven millimeters. It goes two millimeters a month, three or four months, and we're there. Four months, I guess. Yeah. Again, easier to speak and painless. So that's the arch is so easy. And when they when they have the ones that they can take out. Do yeah. they take them out when they eat or anything, or do they just yeah, take, they, take, take them out the Take them okay. out to eat, take them out for sports. Take them out to clean them. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So they're very, very comfortable. And there we just let more teeth come in, and he's got two front teeth. He's happy. So I wrote a book, Early Orthodontic Treatment for Children. You can, they can contact my office. It's actually coming up on Amazon soon, too. So okay. it has... 19 cases in there of functional appliances start to finish in color. It's really a good book. We have it digitally or we have it paperback. Here's another guy who didn't cooperate. And the mother makes that decision. The mother knows the child more than I do. So I say to the mother, Does he, is he a good cooperator or a bad cooperator? If he's a bad cooperator, we put a fixed appliance in, he can't take it out. His lower jaw was back a little bit. And the neat thing is, and this happens with TMJ cases too. If you expand the upper arch, frequently the lower jaw comes forward on its own, which fixes a lot of TMJ problems right from the beginning. So 
These kids will never develop TMJ problems. The jaw comes forward without surgery, without anything. So he's got class two molar, which means his lower jaw is back too far, which we just showed. And there you can see there's no room for those side teeth, right? Remember, you have to have room for the four side, the four front teeth, four, four right. permanent sizers, and there's no room. So you have to expand. So again, put the cotton roll in, see what you get. 30 millimeters, okay, we need expansion. We're gonna have to expand him and, and give a chance for all those permanent teeth to erupt. Poor cooperator, so we use a fixed appliance. It's called the transverse, transverse, but it's all kinds of fixed appliances you can use. You cement the bands on the molars, you have the little lap springs on the side, and that four millimeters is the part you would measure because the coil spring on the left of that is full of springs and just pushes the pushes pushes it open and opens it up, and I'll show you. So, so it opens up to eight millimeters. So it gets about a millimeter a month, four millimeters. You don't have any adjusting to do. The mother doesn't have to do anything. He doesn't have to do anything. It's pretty small. It doesn't take much room up there. His teeth still touch. He can chew. He can talk. And expands them from four to eight. So hopefully to make room for those four front permanent teeth. And of course, we also did the lower because it was a little crowd in the lower. So if you're going to expand the upper and you haven't got a crossbite, you also have to expand the lower. So he started with five, he went to nine. So we expanded the upper, I think four or five, and the lower four or five. And pretty soon we're going to have enough room for those teeth. It's painless. And what's really nice, the mother hasn't do anything. She doesn't have to do anything. Just sit there and and watch watch it change, which is good for us too. We don't have much work to do. The appliance says the work we don't have. <laughs> the other thing I really like about this is that the, my team, I've got nine of them, can do most of the work. They call me Dr. Delegator. I'm really proud of my hands because <laughs> I just walk around and say, do this, do this, do this, do this, and they do it. It's fantastic. That so here fantastic. we are now, of course, of course, mothers all want straight teeth, right? I'm right. into function. I'm into creating a beautiful upper broad arch, opening up the airway, converting to nasal breathers. But mothers say, no, no, I want some straight, straight front teeth. So we put the brackets on and a wire in there. And we have to pinch that tube there in the middle where you see the circle. So it won't expand mm -hmm. anymore because we got what we want. And in three months, the teeth are straight. Now, if you were in Invisalign, you could put Invisalign in there and straighten those teeth too if you wanted to, if they didn't want any braces. But when you can fix it in three months, it's pretty fast. So yeah. most times I'll put braces on. And there, and we're going from 30 to 35. Now, remember, he's 10 years old, so he'll develop on his own if he has proper function. So if he's not a mouth breather, nasal breather, every time he swallows, his tongue will go on the roof of the mouth and spread out that upper jaw. So he'll get to 38 on his own easy once we take those off. So it's 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 a great, it's so easy. I like it easy. And the mothers love this. They appreciate it. If they've gone to an orthodontist or somebody else or their general dentist and showed them this case, and the general dentist said, well, I don't do ortho, go see the orthodontist. They go see the orthodontist, the orthodontist say, well, I don't do early treatment. I prefer permanent dentition. Well, if you leave that case on the left till the permanent teeth erupt, you're going to be in a mess. Yeah. You're going to be in a mess. There's no way you've got room for all the teeth. Mm -hmm. So we're fixing the airway and we're making room for all the teeth and giving a beautiful broad smile. I mean, how can you miss? Can see why I'm all excited about this. See why? I'm yeah. Like
So remember, the roof of the mouth is the floor of the nose. When you expand the upper arch, you're opening up the nasal airway. And that's really important. There's no other way to do it unless you do surgery. So it's so easy to turn that screw or to let those coil springs work by themselves. So again, the teeth all came in straight, upper and lower. Easy, easy, easy. 10 months. Now, when we take those braces off, those teeth are pretty crooked. I'd like to put something in to make sure they don't move. So I put this little wire in and attach it to every single tooth and leave that in maybe for six months. They can't see it. Then I'm guaranteed the mother's not going to get mad at me because those teeth are not going to move. So everybody's okay. happy. Now you can look at the case. Look, the two, look at all the permanent teeth coming in now. All the permanent teeth are coming in. It's beautiful. All I did was just expand upper and lower arches. There he is. Went from 30 to 30 minutes. Five, probably a little more more than that. So there he is. He's got crooked teeth. He's got straight teeth. And then look, all his teeth came in almost beautifully. We did 85% of the problem with two appliances that the mother didn't have to turn. I didn't have to turn. It it just worked by itself. So very, I mean, it saved the mother a lot of money. And, you know, in general, then they can spend money on other things. That's in the book too. Now, of course, there's Julia Roberts. Absolutely gorgeous smile. Right. We try to have all the teeth go right to the corner of the mouth of the cat. Now, you can see her. She looks great. Broad arch. He's not quite so broad, is he? He's got black corners at the side of his mouth. So I never thought I wanted to call the royal family and ask him if he had extractions. (laughs) (laughs) But his mother, Lady Di, had extractions. Lady Di, one of the most beautiful women in the world, had her bicuspids taken out. But I guess years ago, that's what everybody did. The trend now today is to try not do that. But I'm still having orthodontists still do it, some of them. So again, beautiful smile, not so nice. So here's one of my patients. So I want you to look at her. She's got the, the, the eye tooth on the lower left picture there is blocked right out of the arch. And notice yeah. all the other teeth are tipped in. Mm-hmm. The lower teeth tipped in, the upper teeth tipped in. Okay. So I expanded her 10 millimeters on the top and the bottom, 10. And that's what she ended up like, beautiful arches. Look how the teeth are not, the teeth are not tipped in anymore. They're straight up and down. That's where they're supposed to be. And that's but just an expander. I, that was just an expander, 12 millimeters. I didn't show it, but uh, I showed the other expanders. But here's what I want to show you that's so interesting. When you've got a constricted arch, look at that eye tooth on the lower left side is blocked right out. I mean, I, I would think that a lot of orthodontists and maybe general dentists would take out the first bicuspid behind the cuspid and then bring the cuspid back into that space. And I guess if you're just looking at teeth and not the tongue and not the arch, you might do that. But look what happened to me right. with her. I used two applies with her. This is a fixed one with a coil spring very similar to the one I showed you before. And I got six millimeters with that one. And then I got another six millimeters with this one. That's a removable short appliance, like it shows you at the first case. And that's what she looks like. Look at her tongue. It actually fits in her mouth, whereas that tongue doesn't. That tongue does not fit. So the key to health and airways and breathing is to give everybody a proper size upper and lower arch period. And the only ones that can do it are dentists. Chiropractors don't do that. Medical doctors don't do that. <laughs> right. Dentists do that. Oh, we're the only right. ones. And you got to learn functional appliances. You can't do that with braces. 
You can't do that with braces. You can't expand an arch 10 millimeters with braces. You can get about three, but you can't get 10. So tongue back, of course, you're closing the airway. Now, what happens if this patient puts on a little weight and gets a little older? Let's mm, say she's sorry. 55 and she's put on a lot of weight and her tongue is back already. She lies her back. What's going to happen? She's going to sleep apnea and snore. And sleep apnea and snore. All the, all the things. All the bad things you don't want. Yeah. So if you treat her properly, you put her tongue there, that tongue's not going to go back. That tongue's mm. forward. That's what you want. You want those teeth. And those teeth are not tipped. Everybody says, oh, don't do this. You'll tip the teeth. Those teeth are not tipped. They're right mm. over the bone. So don't tell me that. I've been doing this for 35 years. Don't tell me they tip because they don't. If they tipped, I'd know by now, wouldn't I? You would think, yeah. And I wouldn't keep doing it. But that's, I mean, I love the fact the well, airway's open. They can speak better. They function better. They didn't have any extractions. It's just the way to go. So and look at the smile. Wow. Wow. Look I, at the eye. Yeah, you can see right there on the sides. But look at the eyes on the left. She's mm -hmm. smiling, but her eyes aren't smiling. She's got dark corners at the side of her mouth. The one on the right, her eyes are sparkling. She's just, of course, she fixed her hair. Iranian. Mm -hmm. And of course, I got to put a picture of her wedding dress in here. I keep forgetting. But I got to do that because she, uh, and I thought I should have been invited to the wedding because I think I had <laughs> that smile. And I think I had a part of him being, found her irresistible. And married her. And she's gorgeous. Nice person, too. Yeah. Lovely. Oh, there she is. Broad smile. I just love it. So the ideal treatment is to use the oral appliance to move the lower jaw forward to open the pharyngeal airway. So remember, if the lower jaw is deficient, you got to bring the lower jaw forward. So look at that patient. So here's why how I get into this. So I took a course from an orthodontist 40 years ago. And he told me to take out the bicuspids. Since I didn't know any better, I took out some bicuspids for about three years. But then, like most of your listeners, I tried to get better and take courses to see if I can improve my technique. Plus, I didn't like the look of the patient's profile when I took out their teeth because their lips went back and their nose looked longer. So if you look at her face, see that little crease under her lower lip? That means her lower jaw is back. I also want you to look at her face, how short it is. She's got a short face. Mm -hmm. So I moved her jaw forward with a functional appliance. And I brought her back teeth up, which is what I told you, you have to do to help the TMJ and the face. Mm -hmm. She's gorgeous. I mean, that is gorgeous. I changed her completely. She had a 10 millimeter. Her jaw was back 10 millimeters. Her mother thought she had buck teeth. Wasn't buck teeth. Lower jaw was back. Bring the lower jaw forward. Very simple. So here's a good example of what how it worked. Okay. Have a look at oh, the wow. On the left, have a look at the airway on the right. And that's what we're doing when we bring the jaw forward. That's what we're doing where we're splints to bring the jaw forward. That's, that's what we're doing with oral appliances to prevent snoring and sleep apnea. That's what we're doing. We're opening the airway. And we're the only ones that can do it. We have to use appliances to do this. It, it amazes me. I mean, dentistry should be at the top of the healthcare system. Yeah. I don't want to knock medical doctors, but they look at a lot of problems and they look at what the temporary solution is, not what the cause was. You know, and again, medical doctors are not trained in TMJ and dentists are not trained in TMJ. And 34% of the population have it. 
I mean, it's amazing. I'd be happy to go on sometime and talk about TMJ if you want. Yes. Okay. So early treatment prevents sleep apnea. Remember, if you bring the jaw forward, you're going to keep it forward. You're going to keep the tongue forward. It's open the airway. So early orthotraumatic treatment prevents sleep apnea, makes the patients look higher, better, healthier, and prevents snoring sleep apnea. I mean, there's no reason not to do this. So I'm hoping that dentists who are not doing this will sign up for some courses because there's lots of clinicians giving courses on, on, on this. Make sure it's functional appliances. Don't go over just braces. Don't go over just Invisalign. You need to use functional appliances, which are going to change the bone. They're bone movers. Look at her. Okay, okay. Look at the lower jaw, how far back it is compared to the upper jaw. She needs to have her lower jaw move forward. The bone has to come forward. So functional appliances are bone movers. Braces and Invisalign are tooth movers. I want everybody to use the bone movers in mixed dentition when the patient's actually be growing. And then when you get to permanent dentition, I have no objection to putting on braces or or Invisalign to straighten that, but don't try to do braces or Invisalign with a patient on the left. It will not work. There's another patient and moved her jaw forward. She wow. looks so much better. The other thing with this patient, her head uprighted. So a lot of patients have class two that have airway problems, have forward head posture. But the minute I brought her jaw forward, look at her ear, look at the difference in the ear in the left and the right, her head uprighted over the oh, cervical wow. spine, which got rid of her neck problems. So I should send that letter to all the chiropractors in my area and say, if you got a problem with patients with neck problems, if their jaws forward like that, maybe you should send them to me and I can fix it. All these great ideas I have. So that little guy, I mean, he looks great, doesn't he? I mean, imagine if he'd grown up to look like the guy on the left. There's no way he would be as attractive looking. And unfortunately, in our world today, having if you're attractive, it does help, doesn't hurt. So, and I think he looks so much stronger, so much more masculine on the right than he did on the left. Big difference. His mother was quite happy. Now, there's another patient. Who looks older? Which patient looks older? Left. Than you? Yeah. On the left. She's nine months younger. See, I brought her jaw forward and made her face longer. <laughs> so, you actually make people look younger. Maybe I should get one of these myself. <clears throat> Who's even, yeah, you can even see a difference in her chin underneath that yeah. under chin. There's no crease under the one on the right. And so that oh. means her whole four jaws come forward with a functional appliance. Now there's the book I wrote. So you can see the one, the picture on the left, I'm showing that patient about a case that I've done like hers. But the one on the right, I'm showing her in the book. That's her in the book. And she's all oh. excited. She's got her pictures. Her. <laughs> so she's quite happy. So anyway, I've got all my certificates all over the walls, too. I hope the dentists are paying attention and patients, too, should look for those certificates. The dentist is taking lots of continuing education courses. He should right. get certificates and should get those up there. Don't leave them in, the, in a box in the house. You're listening to Airway First with today's guest, Dr. Brock Rondo. You can find out more about the Children's Airway First Foundation and our mission to fix before six on our website at childrensairwayfirst.org. The CAF website offers tons of great resources for both parents and medical professionals. 
in our Parents Portal and Clinician's Corner areas, you can find educational and informational content, including videos, blogs, our recommended reading list, comprehensive medical research, podcasts, events, parent support, and several educational opportunities. Parents are also encouraged to join the Airway Huddle, our Facebook support group, which was created for parents of children with airway and sleep-related issues. You can access the Airway Huddle support group at facebook.com backslash groups backslash Airway Huddle. Are you a medical professional or a parent that is interested in being a guest on the show? Then shoot us a note via our contacts page on our website or send us an email directly at info at childrensairwayfirst.org. As a reminder, this podcast and the opinions expressed here are not a medical diagnosis. If you suspect your child might have an airway issue, contact your pediatric airway dentist or pediatrician. And now, let's jump back into my interview with today's guest, Dr. Brock Rondo. Okay, another case. So she's eight years old, she's got headaches. So I want to ask all the dentists listening out there and all the mothers listening out there, what are you going to do if your eight-year-old girl's got headaches? Where are you going to go? Are you going to go to your medical doctor and get some pills? Are you going to go to a chiropractor and get an adjustment? Are you going to go to a physiotherapist and work on the muscles? Or are you going to go to a dentist who knows what he's doing? And remember, dentists are not trained to do this in dental school. It's not fair. But we need to train ourselves. I mean, I think I'd like all the dentists listening to this to look themselves in the mirror and say, why did I go into dentistry? I learned to fix teeth and gums in dental school. That's all. Mm-hmm. I never looked at a tonsil. I never looked at an arch. If it was crowded, I said to the orthodontist, I didn't know what to do. The orthodontist says, take out the bicuspid. They took them out. It wasn't my fault. Well, now it's time to get serious and start helping the children in your practice. Now, if you've got an orthodontist nearby that will do this the right way, keep sending. You're losing a lot of money, but keep sending. (laughs) Anyway, I think you're going to make more money if you keep those kids in your practice and help them, and you'll feel better about your practice. I love my practice now, Rebecca, because I've I've got a health-orientated practice. With four new patients today, four new patients, two were referred by Linda. And, you know, it's just, I feel good about what I do. I'm getting people healthy. And that's how I met Linda, of course. I mean, I helped her 30 years ago. When she came in, she said, I got fibromyalgia. And I said, well, let me look it up. It was the beginning of my career. And I looked up the symptoms, and they were very similar to TMJ symptoms. The ring in the ears, the ear symptoms, the neck aches, the vertigo. Yeah. Dizziness, the headaches, the everything was the same. So I said, I don't know if I can treat fibromyalgia, but I think I can treat your TMJ. I treated the TMJ and got rid of all her symptoms. So that's why she wrote the book, Fibromyalgia TMJ Connection. The only thing I'd recommend to the dentist, make sure you read the book before your patient does. Because if the patient reads the book and comes to (laughs) they're going to be telling you what's in the book. And if you don't know what's in the book, you're at a disadvantage. So So I've read the book. (laughs) <laughs> That's a good book. So here's the patient with a retronathic underdeveloped jaw. So the lower jaw is behind the upper jaw. Okay. 
why would anybody in their right mind want to extract teeth on the upper to fix this problem? And why would they want to bring the upper teeth back by taking out the bicuspids and bringing six teeth back when the problem is the lower jaw is the problem, not the upper jaw? So if the lower jaw is behind the upper jaw, for heaven's sakes, don't take out teeth on the upper. Bring the lower jaw with a functional appliance. But remember, orthodontists that aren't trained in this, when they see the patient as an adult, they lean. If they don't use functional appliance, they only have one way to do it. Surgically move the jaw forward when they're 17 sure. and put them in brace for two years. Or take out the upper bicuspids and make the money now. Not good. No, I don't like that. I don't like either. No. So there she is. So that so she's biting on got a five millimeter overbite and a six millimeter overjet. Everybody should make note of this. Every mother watching, every dentist watching. That's a TMJ problem in the future. If you don't fix it, guaranteed. If that's a female over 20, 90% chance you'll have clicking jaws and TMJ problems. Wow. So why don't you fix it now? Fix it now with a simple little appliance. So here she is, daily headaches. Mother brings her home from school due to headaches. And she sits she sits at home in a dark room, you know, trying to get better. Where's that mother going to go? She's going to go to a dentist who knows what he's doing. Or she knows what she's doing. There are lots of good female dentists out there too. Some dentist who knows what they're doing is going to be able to fix this patient. And they're the only ones that can fix this patient. So again, there's the upper arch too narrow. Now, the, the teeth are in, but if I put a cotton roll in there, it wouldn't fit. The lower jaw does look wider. Look at the tongue. With a wide lower arch. Look at the tongue sitting right there. Just right in there. You can see it so clearly. I'm going to show you some tongue at, after this case where we extract the teeth, where there's no room for the tongue. Okay. Now, that is called the twin block. It looks like a pretty bulky appliance. First time I put that in there, I said, oh, my God, will anybody wear this? And there's a split at the back, because there's a lower block and an upper block. It's called the twin block because, because if you try to move your lower jaw back, it hits the block on the top and you can't go back. So they have no choice but to bite there. And honestly, when I put that in, I wasn't sure it was gonna work. This is what Linda wore 30 years ago. I made her this. Okay. That's, all I knew. That's all I knew 30 years ago was to put this in, adults and children, and I remember taking her out for dinner one night because we got to be friends because she was she was starting to send faces to me and she ate spaghetti wearing that. She couldn't eat a steak wearing that, but she ate spaghetti wearing that. And it worked. Brought her jaw forward and got rid of her, her problem. So there's the patient on the left with a lower jaw back six millimeters. Okay. Here's the patient on the right and the lower jaw came forward. So there's the upper part. We always have to put a screw in the upper to make the upper jaw wider. Because when the lower jaw comes forward, if you don't make the upper jaw wider, you'll have a buckle cross bite. You won't have a good bite. And there's the lower. Make sure we want the lower molars to come up to fix the deep overbite. So the two blocks fix the, the lower jaw being deficient and, and not covering over the lower molars lets those lower molars come up and fix the deep overbite. Here's a little video to show how it works. Two pieces, upper block, lower block. Wow. Sure, okay. you have a little screw there and expand that arch, and that's how they fit together nicely. No problem. Can't bite any other way. She bites any other way, her teeth don't come together. So that's what she does. So then the first thing you have to do is take that key that shows how to do it too, and turn that screw twice a week. Take it out of the mouth to do it though. Don't do it. Okay. In the mouth. 
Okay. And then grind the plastic and let the molars come up. Up they'll come. Sometimes you need elastic to bring it up, sometimes not. But look at that. Jaw forward, gorgeous. Easy, easy, easy. And then put brace on if you have to straighten the teeth. So it's a non-surgical way to correct the problem. I've seen patients with the lower jaw deficient go to an orthodontist who doesn't use these appliances or a general dentist. I don't want to pick an orthodontist, general dentist. And they have to go for surgery to bring the jaw forward. As I told you before, then they're in braces for two years, from, from 17 to 19, when they can be fixed in seven months with a functional appliance when they're 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. What a and shame. these functional appliances, though, can still be used on adults, correct? They can. But I've made them much smaller now. And they're, they're a little different. But they can use them on adults, yes. But I, the ones we have now are, are better. We've got some fixed ones now for adults. Because adults, and they're much smaller than that. So, okay. good question. So that's a twin block. Now, that's what happens after three or four months. The jaw comes forward, and you can't push it back. Because the jaw is comfortable there, and you can't push it back, and you got that open bite. So you have to you have to bring those teeth up and fix that open bite. So I'm not showing you how to do that because I was cutting the presentation down a little bit. But there's a patient with an underdeveloped lower jaw, and there's the patient with a straight profile. Wow. The big thing is look at her cheeks, even wow. It, it changes your whole. I mean, you're moving bone here. Mm -hmm. You know, they're bone movers. So I just then I brought her teeth up. And remember, we opened the airway. Now, this, I haven't shown you this, but this is interesting because, I mean, on the, on the photo on the left is the jaw too far back. So when the patient jaw is too far back, as shown in the picture, the condyle, the top of the jawbone, is also too far back. And behind the condyle, the top of the jawbone, and the ear are nerves and blood vessels. Look on the photo on the right and see how thick the nerves and blood vessels are over there. And then when you move the jaw forward, that's what you get. You get the, you're not compressing the nerves and blood vessels anymore and you get rid of the pain. And also, if you look on the left-hand photo, there's a, they're pointing to a disc. That's a little piece of cartilage or disc which is in front of the jaw. So if the patient's jaw is too far back and they open and close, they'll click. And the clicking is the jaw going onto the disc. But you don't want the disc to be there. You want the disc to be one on the right-hand side where you move the jaw okay. forward and downward and the disc is in perfect position on the top of the condyle. And there's okay. nerves and blood vessels are black there and there's no compression. Now, here's the problem, Rebecca. What do you think we were taught in dental school to do? Push the Not jaw That's right. We were taught to push it up and back under pressure. And there's still dentists doing that because they, they went to dental school and they haven't learned any different. Right. right. If I did that, I would never practice. I wouldn't have any patients. <laughs> the secret to Linda, the secret to everybody is getting that jaw downward and forward away from the nerves and blood vessels. I mean, it's so simple, it's ridiculous. Yeah. That's why functional appliances do that. When you expand the upper arch, you bring the, the jaw down and forward. When you okay. move the lower jaw forward, you bring that jaw down and forward. When you correct the deep overbite, you bring the jaw down and forward. Those three things I told you right at the outset, you got to do. Mm -hmm. So there she is at the end. All her teeth have come in. I did the functional blind. Then I did braces. I moved the jaw from there to there. And look at her face. I mean, that's why you want to go to the office. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That's why you want to go to the office. Look at her eyes. 
Look at the difference. Painful headaches on the left. Yeah. And, and And the bright, happy little eyes on the right. I mean, no more headaches. What do you think the mother thinks of me now? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who, what do you think the mother will say if one of her friends says, where'd you send your daughter for braces? <laughs> Better recommend me. So you're going to have of a... Course. You're going to have a... And the other thing that happens is that when she grows up, well, I've treated lots of lots of mothers when they were like 21. Then they send their kids to me. So then I'm doing... I mean, the whole family's coming. So it's great. But you want to feel good about what you do. I feel good that I helped her a lot. Oh, yeah. No more headaches. Yeah. Oh. And who else could fix them? Only a dentist. Only a dentist whose functional appliances could fix that little girl. I don't know any other way to do it. Here are guys playing video games, a little girl there too. So here's some of the reasons you think about orthodontry for children. Well, improve the overall health of a patient. Again, when we went to dental school, they didn't mention health. They mentioned teeth and gums. Well, yes, right. when you fix the gums, you, you improve the health of the patient. I shouldn't say that. And I guess if you get rid of the cavities and everything else, you're you're making the patient healthy too. But this is different. This is the overall health right. of the whole patient. This is right. different. Right. Now, how do you like that patient? That's my favorite patient in the world. She came in on the left-hand side. Look at how narrow her jaw is. Look at the black corners. That's the same child? That's the same patient. No. On the right. Oh, I thought you were showing examples. I didn't know that. Wow. Same patient. Look at her smile. Yeah, look at her smile. She came to me at 15 and said, I'm a model. I said, wow, are you ever? And look at the confidence. Look at the confidence. Mm -hmm. I mean, this poor little girl on the left, they're making fun of her, calling her Bucky Beaver and all kinds of names and bad for her self-esteem. The minute I moved her jaw forward, nobody called her Buckley Beaver. They only they said, wow. They just said, wow, you look great. No, I, I mean, that's uh, Buck Teeth showing up a new smile. Now, here's a guy that had his bicuspid teeth extracted. And remember, I told you, he ended up coming to my office for sleep apnea. Okay. Okay. So there he is. That's what he looks like. So I always thought when I went to school, that grinding was being caused by stress. And I'm not saying that when you go through a divorce or a death in the family, I'm not saying you're not under stress. Right. But lately, but lately they found that most patients grind because they have to open their airway. So they snore, they stop breathing, and then they have to take their lower jaw and move it forward to open up their airway. And that's okay. what caused the grinding. So the term, the term is actually called sleep bruxism. Mm-hmm. So here he is. He had teeth extracted, but he had a lower jaw back too far. He shouldn't have had extractions. You think that profile looks as good as some of the ones I've been showing you? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. So when you extract by cuspids and you bring back the six front teeth, lower jaws does not come forward, and you end up with TMJ problems and starting sleep apnea. So these dentists that are paying attention to this lecture Please don't take upper bicuspids if the patient has a lower jaw deficient. And they're going to find if they look carefully at those patients, probably 95% of the patients that have the upper teeth extruding out the front have a deficient lower jaw and not an upper teeth that's a problem. It's the lower jaw the problem. And of course, they're grinding down all their teeth. Look at the poor guy. He's 50 years old and his teeth look like he's 80. Mm-hmm. 
So when he came to see me, I filled an initial form on him. He was diagnosed with severe sleep apnea. I don't have time to really get into this tonight, but I'd love to spend a lot more time on it. But let me give you some of the short deals on this. I don't okay. like night guards. Night okay. guards are prescribed by every dentist in North America, every dentist in Europe, every dentist in Asia that I've ever gone to. I've lectured all over the world. Everybody gets a standard night guard to prevent grinding. It doesn't prevent grinding. It encourages it. So you take the four by customers out, you bring back the four teeth, the six teeth, you end up with jaw problems. You retract the upper lip. The upper lip is back. His nose appears longer. Why would you want to do that to somebody? He's a really good looking guy from the front. He's got a beautiful wife, but he doesn't look that good from the side. It's not his fault. He went to a really good orthodontist, he thought, who took up bicuspid. Remember, I did it 40 years ago, too. Depends how you're trained. But most of us have to retrain ourselves, right? We have to keep taking right. courses. Right. So I think your, your, your program is very useful. And I want to watch all the videos on there. Okay, so bicuspid extractions, wear facets on the teeth. There, there's his tongue. Remember, he's had two eight-millimeter bicuspids taken out in the bottom, which is 16 millimeters of tooth structure. So they shrunk his lower arch by 16 millimeters. And look at his tongue covering over the teeth. He'll also have scalloping on the tongue. He'll have, he'll have marks on the tongue, which is an indication of sleep apnea. And that poor guy has got severe sleep apnea. So he's running the risk of heart attacks, strokes, type 2 diabetes, kidney problems, more cancer, Alzheimer's, dementia, loss of memory, all because maybe he had two, four teeth taken out. That's not right. Mm -hmm. It's not right. Something's got to change. And of course, the same thing is, that's where you want the jaw. But if you take out teeth and pull the upper teeth back and leave the lower jaw back, you end up with that. Which yeah, we talked about. Yeah. yeah. So he was given a night guard. The trouble is the night guard, it moves the jaw back, not forward. Every single dentist out there that has made a night guard, and I, I give you more slides normally, have the patient bite down on their teeth naturally and see how much the lower jaw is back. It might be one or two millimeters on average. Then put in the night guard and have the patient bite down again. It'll go back way farther. And we just showed you why you don't want the lower jaw back. You don't want the lower jaw back because it closes the airway, causes right. snoring, sleep apnea. Right. You don't want the lower jaw back because it pushes the upper jaw too far up and back and press the nerves and blood vessels and causes TMJ problems. So you don't want to use this. And all the dentists use this. It's used all over the world, and it makes patients worse. I now have 350 cases documented in the last three or four years of patients that got worse wearing this night guard. In fact, I've got patients who've locked on that one. So please, dentists, if the patient is clicking and you know the jaw's already too far back, don't make a night guard because the jaw could lock. They should teach that in dental school, but they don't. It's too bad. We don't learn anything about this in dental school. It's mind-blowing. That's mind-blowing. Nothing about the TMJ. The American Dental Association says one-third of the population has TMJ problems. So why don't they teach it in dental school then? It's ridiculous. Yeah. Crazy. It's nuts. Here's a study that shows the use of these splints made the patients worse. So the AHI means that's how many times they're stopping breathing. It was increased 50% and the snoring was increased 40% more. So a patient comes in, they're not snoring, 
you give them one of these night guards and they start snowing 40% worse. So I think everyone should pay attention to this. Every dentist listening to this should ask Lee for copies of this. My treatment coordinator is Lee. She's head of Rondo Seminar, teaching courses. But we'd be happy to send all the dentists my TMJ health questionnaire. I'm going to show you in a minute. And the upward sleepiness scale to see whether or not the patient has a possibility of having sleep apnea. So I'll show you those now. There's the TMJ health questionnaire form. So it's really simple. Look at the top. He says, the chief concern snoring. And all the yeses are bad. And all the noes are okay. It means he doesn't have anything. He's saying chronic shoulder pain, back pain, grind his teeth at night. Okay, so he's got he's got some jaw problems. He's got back pain and shoulder pain. They can come for jaws. And he's grinding his teeth at night. If you look at the lower left-hand corner, do you snore at night? He says, yes. And then look at the right-hand corner at the bottom. It says, have you had a sleep study? Yes. Have you been diagnosed with sleep apnea? He says, yes. So this is a really good form to kind of screen for jaw problems and snoring and sleep apnea. Now, this is amazing. In the October of 2017, the American Dental Association, the board of whatever, passed a resolution that all dentists should screen patients for sleep disorders as part of their regular medical dental history. Right. It's not being done. Not being done. Not being taught in school. Not being followed up on. They just passed this resolution and then just ignored it five years ago. They were on the right track, but no follow through. Right. No follow. I should try and get some of my ADA members fired up here and tell them to do something about this. I should work on Canada. So here's another form which every dentist should have in his practice. Okay. Two questions I would ask the patient. Do you snore at night? Number one, do you wake up refreshed? Not if they had a good sleep. Did you wake up refreshed? And the answer will be, let no, I don't wake up refreshed, okay? Then I want you to fill out this form. So it says zero, you'd never take those off. One is a slight chance of dozing off. Two, moderate chance of dozing. Three, high chance of dozing. So you ask the patient, when you're sitting and reading, zero, one, two, or three, the patient says zero. How about when you watch TV? Two, moderate chance of dozing. How about sitting in a movie theater? Two, moderate chance of dozing. How about a passion in your car? Two, water chance of dosing. How about lying down to rest in the afternoon and circumstance permit? You can probably tell from me, Rebecca, that I would never sit down in the afternoon and rest. A complete waste of time. I sleep at night and that's it. <laughs> can you believe it, Rebecca? Sitting, talking to someone. Yeah. Zero. But some people put down two or three. Sitting after lunch without alcohol. Some patients will stop. At a, at a stoplight, and it's a three-minute stop sign or stop or light, and they'll fall asleep. And they only oh. wake up when the guy behind them blows the horn. Oh, he, he's now this guy's wearing his CPAP. I'm okay. not even sure if he's showing any pictures of CPAP. It's a, it's a hose that goes over the nose, right? A big mask. Right. Yeah, yeah. Attached to an air compressor on the floor. He's wearing his CPAP, which is supposed to get rid of all sleep apnea and snoring, and he's still. Very sleepy. His neck size 18 inches. Anybody over 17 inches snores. Enlarged tongue. Well, he's got, he doesn't have a large tongue. He has no room in his mouth for his tongue. I should change that. His tongue looks enlarged though, but it's really, it's the, it's the jaw being so small. So I won't go into this much. This is just how you diagnose sleep apnea. 
When okay. you're stopping okay. breathing at the bottom there more than 30 times an hour, you got severe sleep apnea. Okay. So we're almost done. I want to show you, he goes to the hospital and has a sleep study done. He okay. diagnosed severe sleep apnea because he's stopping breathing more than 30 times an hour. He's starting breathing 35 times an hour. Oh, my. He's bruxing to open up his airway. So we stop at 30. So he's stopping breathing almost every two minutes. Every two minutes, he stopped breathing all night for his whole life, 50 years. Mm. And you wonder why he's not doing well health wise. Right. I did go into his medical history. I should have put that up there. He's not doing that well medically. Okay. Untreated sleep apnea, you decrease your lifespan by 10 years. You increase the risk of high blood pressure, heart attacks. Strokes, type 2 diabetes, cancer, dementia, and Alzheimer's. You don't want any of those. Nobody, nobody wants those. And this is really interesting. We're almost done. The risk factor for standard risk factor for getting a heart attack is one. If you're overweight, it's seven. If you're hypertension, it's 7.8. Smoking is 11. And OSA, obstructive sleep apnea, is 23. Oh, my gosh. I mean, this is serious. I mean... You got this really, wow. your yeah, your 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 podcasts are so important that the dentists get this information and the parents get this information. And and if there's anybody snoring or sleep apnea, you've got to get a sleep test and you got to get them fixed. The severe cases, we always try to put them on CPAP, but he couldn't wear a CPAP. He didn't like it, he kept taking it off. So we made an oral appliance and we fixed them. I'll show show you. Okay, we're almost done there. So we put them in oral appliance. Now, doesn't that look like the twin block? It's got that big dorsal fin coming up, and there's a block behind it. So his jaw yeah. can't go back. His jaw can't go back. So it keeps the jaw forward, and that's what prevents that. That opens the airway, right? Bring the jaw okay. forward, open the airway. Take the teeth and move them back. Close the airway. Constrict the arch. Close the airway. We want to open the airway. That's what your whole your whole theme is. That's what you're right. all about. So. Right. So that's how the appliance works. You can see the picture in the top. The tongue is blocking the airway. On the bottom picture, you can see the, the oral appliance brought the jaw forward, opens up the airway. Gets rid of the snoring and the sleep apnea. So you want to open the pharyngeal airway by bringing the jaw forward. So see what I said? In the beginning, we use functional appliances to bring the jaw forward. Okay. Adults, we put a, a lower appliance in to bring the jaw forward, open the airway. It's all about the airway. That's your whole... That's how you started your whole organization or your, yeah. Yeah, so was that, was that your idea to start it? No, actually it wasn't. It was uh, Candy and Brad Sparks' idea to start it because of um, the journey they went through with their daughter. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's, yeah. it's going to help a lot of people, a lot of dentists and a lot of parents. That's our so goal. We brought, yeah, we brought the job forward, prevented the grinding, now, we did a home sleep study. Now, that's my sleep study. I should have shown you the hospital sleep study. It was terrible. It was 16 wires all over you. So I do a home yeah. sleep study. And they sleep in their own bed. They can sleep there at their own pillow. They got their own room. They got everything normal. And we get a home sleep study, which is more in, it's more accurate than the hospital one. Okay. I got them down to 7.7 .7 with the oral appliance. Sure. I took them from 35. To 7.7. 7.7. So I took him from severe to mild. His wife wow. said, he's snoring, he's, he's purring like a cat. <laughs> said, his wife likes cats. 
No CPAP, no sleep apnea. No CPAP. Okay. Well, I think I better end it there. I've probably gone a little over time, but I've had a great pleasure to present tonight. And I'm glad yeah. that you were here asking me, asking me lots of questions. Now, I can answer questions if you want. I don't know if we have time, but I'd be certainly happy to answer them. Or they can send you the questions and I can answer them later, whatever you want to do. Yeah, I think that'd be phenomenal. I'll just invite all our listeners now. If you have any questions, you can submit them through the blog or email at info at childrensarayfirst.org. And I will make sure to get them to Dr. Rondo and we'll get them answered for you. That's wonderful. Well, Rebecca, again, thank you very much for inviting me. And, thank you uh, for being on. This was fantastic. Thank you for showing and sharing all this. It was wonderful. Well, I thought... You know, rather than answer questions, I thought they'd show you, show and tell, right? Yeah. I mean, seeing is believing. There's no, you can't, you can't question anything when you see the patients. You know, you can see Absolutely. Their, the change in their, in their lives, change in their self-esteem, change in their health. Basically, we're changing their health, which is what's so good. That's why I love my practice. And that's oh, why I was 81. Here. I'm 81 today. Well, happy birthday. I'm, and I'm still cooking. Because <laughs> I don't oh, want to stop. Yeah, I like. I've got a partner now who's I've trained him for a year, and he's really good. And we might look for another partner so I can play more golf. But I work two weeks a month and take two weeks off and go to Florida and play golf. So that's that's go. what I'm doing now. So anyway, I was happy to be on and happy to talk in the future about sleep apnea or snoring. Or, or and uh, TMD if you want, but you had Michael Keller. Yeah, he was. He was fantastic. Yep. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Good. Well, thank you for having me, and I wish you good night. Thank you too. Bye, bye everybody. Bye bye. Thanks again to today's guest, Dr. Brock Rondo, for sharing his medical insight, and to each of you for listening to today's episode. If you're new to our podcast, please don't forget to subscribe. And if you enjoyed today's episode, leave us a review or comment telling us about what you enjoyed most. You can stay connected with the Children's Airway First Foundation by following us on Instagram, Facebook, X, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Parents can also join us via our Facebook parent support group, The Airway Huddle, at facebook.com backslash groups backslash airway huddle. You can also find tons of great content for parents and medical professionals alike via the Parents Portal and Clinician's Corner areas of our website. If you'd like to be a guest or have an idea for an upcoming episode, shoot us a note via the contact page on our website or send us an email directly at info at childrensairwayfirst.org. And finally, thanks to all the parents and medical professionals out there that are working to help make the lives of kids around the globe just a little bit better. Take care, stay safe, and happy breathing, everyone.